Good morning, and welcome to Coffee with the Sarlows. I'm Kelly. Good morning, I'm Karen. We're going to start off with show notes as usual. We have our Evening with Medium events hopefully coming up on December 4th this year. Tickets are on sale at the website by sarlow.com. We have gone ahead and canceled our July and August events due to COVID-19, and we will keep you posted as to whether or not December can run according to Ontario guidelines. If you do want to go ahead and purchase tickets and take a chance for December, go right ahead and know full well that we will refund if need be. You will not be out any pennies, or I guess in this state, nickels. Forgot about those damn pennies not being a thing anymore. (laughs) Go ahead. We have a second podcast series called Sips of Sanity. Those are brief shows. They're usually around 10 to 15 minutes. They're in a series of five. They're based on a particular topic that regards emotional or spiritual intelligence. We load those shows with tools for you. Um, Their very first show is always free and it's available at the website by sarlo.com. The remaining four in each series is always available at a site called patreon.com backslash by sarlo. Yes, and if you are interested, you can go ahead and check out that site. There are a ton of different kinds of um, rewards. I don't know, that's not the right word, benefits. Mm. Benefits that you can get all month long that help contribute to even more emotional intelligence and spiritual intelligence, Um, things to make the stories that you hear in our podcast quite personal so that you feel like you can really draw parallels and work on the things that may be causing you distress um, or also just bringing more joy into your life. So there are many different tiers you can check out uh, depending on what you're looking or hoping to get out of it. Take it away. Alrighty. Um, Kelly and I are seeing clients as per usual. Our clients are all over the world. We see them by Zoom, Skype, FaceTime, WhatsApp, and telephone. So that's just regular. And then um, because of COVID, we're going to stay that way probably till January. I would imagine. Um, and then make a decision as to what's going on in the world at that time. We are not considered essential services. So you can, if you're local in Ontario, Canada, you can still have all of the benefits of a personal session, just like our clients do all over the world. Where you are does not matter to the spirit world or to us. Yeah, and gift certificates are also available. So we can email those to you so that you can print them out for your loved ones. Um, Or if you are here and very local, we can arrange for contactless pickup if that's something that you desire. Karen, take it away for today's show. Okay, Kelly. So what I did for today's show was, um, was in the middle of a session with somebody and the spirit world said to me, could you share with them if they give consent to you, um, how you named, um, I'll say the ego, but I, but I want to be specific about the one particular part of the ego. And it's the part that sabotages me, how I named her Gert one day and why I did that and the benefits and what occurs from it. So in that session, just to finish off that little part of this conversation, the client said yes, and I doodled all of this stuff down because it was just pouring out, and I just scratched it and and then sent it to the person at the end of the session by te- by text. And then I asked for permission to be able to use it in a podcast because it was one of the best times that I had actually seen um, such good organization in this regard. So they've consented for this to be on the show. 
but nothing in particular to their case about the show. This is all my stuff. Mm-hmm. So this is the backdrop. This is how this came to be today. So if I go, so if I go back to meeting Gert in my personal life, this was a time when I was trying to become self-aware. It was a, a really valuable tool to recognizing my own behavior. And I know that at first, Gert presented herself when I was scared or when there was an opportunity to change a belief or my behavior. And quite often, it was going to be in a better way, but she didn't want to lose control. And that, that's tough. Mm-hmm. Th- this is... Um, These are tough moments in our lives Mm -hmm. because easily I could see how she would present. And so that's where I started. I started the notes with how does she present? So what does Gert look like? Well, she has temper tantrums. And sometimes the temper tantrums are just all in my head. I, that's a good thing to point out because I think some people would think like, well, I don't throw fists or I don't, I don't scream and cry or drop to the floor. Therefore, I don't have temper tantrums. And that would describe me perfectly because being raised to be a people pleaser, I too did not present a temper tantrum on the outside. Um, my temper tantrums were on the inside. It was that Gert wanted me to keep people pleasing others. Mm-hmm. And one of the patterns that I was breaking was breaking that pattern of thinking that other people's opinions of me were more important than my own opinion of me or being in my own life and being truly present. But Gert didn't have any tools for confrontation. And so I had to be able to recognize, oh my God, I'm uncomfortable. But then I got to recognize, well, part of me is uncomfortable and scared, um, or wants me to go back in and just just shut the show down, just do what they want, that kind of thing. That was her behavior. And then there was another little part of me that was like, I'm sick of this. I don't want to. I don't want to do that. Um, I I, I want to behave like an adult. And I started noticing in the people around me who truly were adulting that they didn't have temper tantrums, at least not on the outside. But when I spoke to them, they didn't have them on the inside either. They just had different processes than I did to actually think something through. Mm -hmm. So I'll give the example of you being one of them. And I'll give the example of Denise being another person in my life Mm -hmm. where you're both adulting and I could recognize I wasn't adulting. So I became curious as to how are they adulting? Okay, why can't I get my shit together at 45 or 49 years old? Why don't I have my shit together better than this? Why do my thoughts race and tell me things I don't want to hear? Which I now know are these unwanted intrusive thoughts that Sally Winston's talking about, right? In Coping with Unwanted Intrusive Thoughts, that book. So I sat there and thought, well... What if, I, what if I identify this part of me as just a part of me? And it's an immature part of me. And I have to be able to recognize that's childlike. 
that that's the three-year-old still having temper tantrums, saying these things and beating me up. So I thought, well, maybe if I just named it something, then I could identify that it's a part of me instead of all of me. Yeah, and you can address it separately. Yeah. And and it, it allowed me to to sit outside of shame. So instead of just sitting in shame, I could recognize that Gert was behaving this way and Gert was the one sitting in the shame, not me. So it gave me what Joe Heard would refer to as five degrees of separation. Hmm. And that's a podcast show. Way back at the beginning in the first year, I believe, mm-hmm. the, um, I should re- we should reference that because she did a whole show on creating five degrees of separation in your life. So I just remember thinking, okay, if I can identify that Gert has certain qualities and traits and behaviors and beliefs, and then I know that there's an adult part of me looking for healthier ones, would this be a good tool until I don't need... I can wean myself off of Gert. And I remember at first, Kelly, I felt really angry with Gert. I, like I got mad at her. It was almost like I had another <laughs> temper tantrum <laughs> trying to come out of it saying, Gert, that's enough. Well, yeah, because you're ashamed of her. Yeah. Yeah. It's like when the mom or the dad drags their kid out of a grocery store as the kid's having a temper tantrum. Yeah. Like you, you hopefully are adult enough to understand that you're not having the temper tantrum, but at the same time that you're addressing the tantrum, you're walking out feeling ashamed that it's your kid. Right. Unless you're not. And yeah, yeah I love and I what say you're most doing. Parents, right? Yeah. Because then there are the parents that don't feel any shame at all when their kids are having a temper tantrum. And we just know that this is part of life being a child and being that age. And we will deal with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't have that skill. I wasn't the calm adult. So it, and I mean in regards to me treating my own self that way. Yeah, and I find that really interesting because I was going to bring this up a little bit earlier is that you had that patience, yeah. compassion, and wherewithal to do it for your children. I remember I being in stores when Andrew had temper tantrums. And it was like, okay, we're going to put our things down and we're going to go home now. Yeah. Like it was just, it was just calm and there were just good tools. Yeah. And I had to start implementing those very same tools that I gave to my children mm-hmm. for my, for myself. Yeah. Okay. We're just going to put our pen down and we're going to go have a timeout. Yes. And I started giving myself timeouts. Mm-hmm. I started saying, it's okay that I'm, that, that Gert feels this way. I'm going to acknowledge that she does. Um, but I'm not going to feel the shame while she does. We're going to create a process for her in a moment. Mm-hmm. So I knew that part of me was feeling panicky, was feeling anxiety. And I want to say, I think part of me was feeling depression or like, like a mixture of different things in there. I'll just throw a bunch in there because there's a lot to unpack. But I know that the adult part of me was super excited and that I was looking for the questions that I could say, no, I'm going to give this a process. It's okay if I don't make other people happy. An adult doesn't have to make everybody happy. We just, that's not even a reasonable thought anyhow. And it was like, say that again? 
it's not even a reasonable thought anyhow. <laughs> and I and then I remember, just like right now, giggling with it. I remember giggling at that, thinking, yeah, that is kind of funny. <laughs> Why did I think that was a good thought or that I could ever make anybody happy, everyone happy? But when you're raised that way, you do get taught to believe that and work that hard. And then I thought, well, that's just fatiguing. No wonder my adrenal glands are always exhausted. No wonder I need B12 coming out, my yin-yang and iron supplements and so on and so on, right? Mm-hmm. I, do I actually have the energy to do things if I stop some of the beliefs that are exhausting me? Mm-hmm. So I remember there being lots of times where the thoughts would start and I'd go, uh-uh, Gert, uh-uh. It's like when you're training a dog. Yes. Oh, Kelly, I so remember being so grateful to Aaron and Eric. Don't do that to your kids. (laughs) But yes, Aaron and Eric, when we were training Parker. I so remember saying to them, where were you years ago? I actually asked the two of them that, where were you years ago? I don't think they totally understood what I meant because Mm -hmm. they might have thought, oh, maybe when she was talking about parenting... No, I mean, when I was three years old (laughs) and well, they weren't born yet, but when I was three and I was, I was supposed to be able to get these tools to figure it out. I wasn't given the tools to figure out how to come out of a temper tantrum because I was being trained to people, please. Mm -hmm. That's what was going on. Well, and I think it's a good thing for people to listen to because if you're if you're here today and you're thinking, well, I've never been a people pleaser and I wasn't raised that way, I'm the hell raiser, I'm the troublemaker, I'm the speak up for everyone person, that's fine. You can still listen because mm-hmm. we all still have temper tantrums out of our own discomfort, mm-hmm. our own fear, the unknown, whatever that might be, change. Hey, some people pleasers are the bullies. Yeah, absolutely. Some people pleasers will bully over, um, over their husbands and or spouses. Pardon me, husbands, wives, partners, however we want to word all of it. Children, stepchildren, everything, pets, family members, neighbors. We want to bully everyone because we have an inner dialogue that we have to look right for society. Mm-hmm. I think too, but the the people who are raising hell you know, in their own way, who, who are just looking for some semblance of control. They're Mm -hmm. not looking to please anyone. They just are trying to figure out where their control in this world lies. Mm. That's good. Yeah. Because ultimately when we, you know, when we get finished with this, you're going to learn that understanding who Gert or your version of Gert is, is your level of control. Yes. That's right. That's where all of your thoughts and choices lie. Yes is when you can learn to have a conversation with her instead of just watching her kick and scream on the floor. Yes. Or in your head. And, and, and to give people some of the tools that I learned in this process, like the timeout. So if people are sitting down at home and listening and going, okay, um, that's clearly my child, so how do I help them? Or that's clearly a coworker I've got, so what, can I, what kind of tools are they talking about? Because or sometimes even hearing a tool... And it, trying to implement it for somebody else, like a timeout, you can do it for someone else. And I don't just mean to say to your child, I'm putting you in a timeout, go to your room. I don't mean punishment. Mm-hmm. 
A timeout meaning sit calmly, breathe, think, know what your needs are, what your what your real thoughts are, separate them from what other people want you to think. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's something that's done with kindness. And I know at first when I started doing this, I didn't have a lot of kindness towards Gert. I remember my language towards her was like, that's enough, Gert. I've had enough of this. And I remember having to, or at that time, feeling angry with her, thinking, oh my God, you always ruin what I really want to do. I remember being angry with myself because she's a part of me. And then as I practiced this more and more and found some humorous things in it, took my time out and saw how needy she was and how how unloved she felt, how unsafe she felt. Mm -hmm. That compassion and empathy for her, me, um, all of a sudden started to feel really good. And instead it was like, okay, Gerd, I've got this. There's an adult in the room. And that was one of my sentences that changed the day when there was more empathy and compassion for myself and for my inner child who never got those tools to say, I'm going to give them to you now. Well, one of the things that you're talking about that you haven't really spelled out yet is the fact that that temper tantrum comes from an unmet need. Absolutely. So we can label it people pleaser or we can label it whatever we want, but essentially Gert is crying because some need is not being met. But it's also not healthily being communicated, likely because she doesn't know how. Exactly. So if we can understand with that patience and compassion Mm -hmm. that you're talking about, that yes, she's always going to be a part of us, then we can sit there and be like, okay, not take a time out and be dismissive or punished, but Mm -hmm. say, okay, I see you kicking and screaming. Mm -hmm. What is it you're actually needing? Yeah. Can we figure, like, and I've said this to kids probably a little too early. Let's use your words. Yeah. Right, and then we'll and we'll figure out how to meet that need, and and I know if I go back to my own childhood to say, use your words. I was we weren't told that. Well, you also weren't listened to. That's so why right. bother? Yeah, like there was, we were, and I don't. You know, if anybody's listening to this, I'm not picking on two parents and saying they're the worst parents in the world. I don't mean that. I mean I wasn't heard in the Catholic school system. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wasn't heard in the church that I grew up in. Or any of your jobs. Any of my positions as in an office administration. Back then, we were referred to as secretaries and then office administration in any of the positions that I held. Um, There just wasn't a sense of, and I I don't mean this for all people in, in those positions, but in many of the ones that I had, there was not um, a listening to us. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So it was, I didn't even expect it, which an adult expects to be listened to. Adult, adults take their time to actually think and know what they feel or what their own opinion is. They take the time to research what their opinion is. That's something that I gave Gert in that time frame was, well, what do you do when you put yourself in a timeout? Oh my God, I read books. I sat in front of the computer and researched. What do I think of these policies and procedures? What do I think of what, you know, whatever it is, this topic of conversation? So it it was something where time 
became, and, and that whole thing of, if you're going to take your time, do something valuable with it, mm-hmm. right? So that once you know what your opinion is, I'm not saying be a brick wall about it, but at least now you know. You might be able to go forward in a conversation, and when someone else is sharing theirs, you know what yours is, but you might want to listen to theirs and think, do I want to adjust mine? Do I want to add to it? Is there something I can let go? Well, and as well, if a boundary is crossed at that point, because you already know what your opinion is or your belief is, then you know why you're upset and why the tantrum might be coming. Right. And then I can understand, oh, geez, Gert, this isn't for you. This is the adult can handle this. I don't need to have a temper tantrum, but I will deal with the anger. I will approach this person and speak to them about crossing my boundaries. Mm -hmm. I can confront because I have confrontational skills now Mm -hmm. that mean I'm not going to rip their head off. I'm going to sit down and discuss, ask questions, and problem solve. Mm -hmm. And if not possible, set boundaries, find alternatives, move on. But there are tons of solutions. And that is something that Gert wasn't given. She wasn't given processes. She wasn't given questions. She wasn't given the time. She wasn't given... um, choice. And so these are the things that as an adult, I'm able now to give to Gert Mm -hmm. and Gert changes. Yeah. If you're, if you're listening today and you are with us on Patreon, I would highly recommend that you go back to our June Sips of Sanity Mm. on healthy conversations. Oh, that's good. Um, Because when we were talking about, you know, certain things like clarity, um, you know, having those skills to be able to have a healthy conversation allows you to meet Gert's needs, allows you to go, okay, temper tantrum's coming because there's a gap in the information that I have. Oh, I like how you word that. And this is where I need to ask better questions so that I can fill in that gap so that Gert maybe has less of an opportunity to want to get riled up. Yeah. So if I take a little lead there from your conversation that when Gert gets riled up, she can become controlling. She can become an avoider. And, and, I'm, and I'm saying things that are opposites because she's got quite a repertoire there. But ultimately, they're all the same. Yes. And it is about needing control. Yes. I just want some examples for of people. Of how she presents. Yeah. yeah. Because they might sit and go, oh, no, I don't behave that way. I just avoid things. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, no, I, I make promises and I just don't keep them. Or I just participate in the group work, but I don't take a lead. And I also don't really do more than I have to. Yeah. There's different ways that Gert presented Mm -hmm. that I had to be able to sit down and say, what does she look like? So then I remember sitting down sometimes and thinking, okay, I'm going to sit in front of the window with a cup of tea or a coffee or something and think, how does Gert present last night when I went out for supper? What did she do when I um, had to bring the car in for a tire change? What did she do, you know, when Bell Canada called and, you know, said they, you know, the, there was a problem with, you know, my payment. So I tried to pick things that were current and things that went into the past as well, but current things that were small so I could identify it in small ways. Not just jump into, oh my God, this religion treated me like this. Not, not, a, not something that I felt overwhelming, overwhelmed with. 
but something small so that I could just sit there and go, okay, um, in this conversation yesterday with this friend, did I, did I enjoy it, not enjoy it? And I remember you asking me stuff like that. Did you enjoy your time with your friend? And I'd say, oh yeah. And then afterwards I'd talk about it and I'd go, no, actually there were parts of it I didn't. So why did I breeze over that again? Hmm. And then I'd have to see, oh, that's Gert. She just wants me to present that, oh, everything is fine in the friendship or uh, my needs are being met in it when maybe in fact, maybe they were in other aspects during the visit, or maybe they, they weren't. And I was trying not to see that. So again, going back to a level of self-awareness where now I'm trying to be more honest about it and how that can be a slow process Mm -hmm. and, and how we need to be kind with ourselves in it, or we can just do it for a day and go, ah, that's too hard and give up instead of thinking, no, this is a really good process to be in. I can't believe the amount of people who say to me, oh, that's too much thinking. Oh dear. I just, yeah. Then that's what I think in my head and I can't say out loud, but it's like, uh uh-oh. Yeah. Yes. and, And it is a lot of thinking for sure, but the lack of thinking is what's got you here. Yes. And and I think that's why, Kelly, you and I do so many shows on and and not not wowing people with medium or medical intuitive. Well, I, we don't set out to try and mm-hmm. um guess what I did and 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 sh- showcase or yeah. boast about it, but that we try, I think we do. We try to say here how hard we work on our own ego how hard we work on identifying that there are different aspects of ourselves and that you can be, if anyone says, geez, when were you doing this, Karen, back in your 20s? Hell no. Um, I did this at 49 mm-hmm. and in my early 50s. Um, and and it was something that I did because I wanted a better quality of life. I wanted better quality in my relationships but what does that look like if somebody says, I just want to be happier, I just want things to change? Well, if you want your relationships to change, you have to work on who you are deeply. Mm-hmm. And that that isn't painful to do. Some people think, oh, I'm not going to therapy. It's just going to hurt. I don't want to go because I don't want to bring up pain. It's not all pain. It's not all hurt. You get tools. And a lot of the tools, when they, when it creates a new opportunity for you, mean there is a lack of hurting, actually. There's good, clear communication. Mm -hmm. There are processes, and you're actually happier each moment, slowly. And then over, geez, 15 minutes, you might go, wow, I really enjoyed that. Mm -hmm. So I want to get a little bit more structured now, and I want to say things to people like, like, what does Gert say to me? So, because it's important for us to know how they present, how this aspect of us shows up. Mm-hmm. So she would do things to me like make me not sleep. I might feel anxiety. I might have thoughts going round and round in my head. So I wanted to pick an example and write some things down, which is what I did, Kel, and I want to read some of them for people. Mm-hmm. 
So I said that Gert says things like, you can never retire. You can't afford to. You just don't do anything right, do you? You should leave. You can't start over. You can't win. I need not to upset my mom. I can't upset fill in the blank. I can't say anything I want to. I can't do what I want. I can't even think what I want. I don't even know what I think. I can't even imagine. I just can't create anything I want. So I wrote some of those sentences down. And as much as that's easy to read, because they're all they're just there now for everybody, this took me a long time to be able to identify Gert. Yeah, because some people will logic the shit out of that. Yes. And they'll, they'll tell me why those are valid statements. Yes. Instead of understanding that someone mean was nattering over your, your shoulder. Yeah. And, and, and I want people to hear that it took me time. It, it took time to sit down and recognize that in this relationship with this person, this is what I hear Gert say to me. You, you, you can't be no contact with your own family. That's mean. You can't stop talking to your mom or your dad. They're old. They might die. And then you're going to feel bad. Well, what happens if they die before you forgive them or before you make up? Like there are lots and lots of statements that Gert says. And as a result of that, the sleeplessness, it could be the people pleasing, or it could be the avoidance. It could be abuse. Uh, also your overproductiveness. Oh, I think that's fantastic because your overproductiveness can be because I'm avoiding dealing with something, so I'll stay super busy over here. Mm-hmm. I'll just make sure I mow the lawn every week. I'll just make sure well, I we do. just had Dr. Margaret on the show. Yeah, let's keep busy making things perfect over here so I don't have to deal with this. So it's important to understand what Gert says and how she behaves. She might make me sweat. <laughs> she might make me daydream a lot. She might make me procrastinate. Clench my teeth. Clench my jaw, um, my hips. Um a tension in my back muscles. I might clench my leg muscles. Purse so, my lips, look down at the floor. Yeah. Avoid eye contact. Play with my hair. Giggle. Uh, over-apologize. Like there's, mm-hmm. there's, we have to know the list of the things that we do when our GERT is behaving and controlling us. Mm-hmm. So I remember taking my notepads and my clipboards. I know everybody knows I love my clipboards and stuff, but I would write down as it presented. So if all of a sudden I was having a day and I was stressed, I'd think, why am I stressed about this? What am I avoiding today? And I remember, oh my God, I'm avoiding making three business phone calls because I have to confront all of these companies because they have overcharged me or I need to ask for a refund and I have anxiety asking for things I deserve. Oh my God, there's Gert. I'd become aware of that Mm -hmm. and then go, okay, so now what action do I need to take 
What thoughts do I need to change to find truth? But before I could even get to all of those things in a process, the very first thing I had to do after I became aware of GERT was I gave myself permission to take time. So mm-hmm. I put myself in what you and I call timeout. And that's not a timeout, go to your room, you're being punished. You mentioned that. It's this timeout of nurturance, calm down. I might sit down and talk to you or look at the phone calls and think, how do I approach this? Um, what do I need? What do I want to come out of this? I want the refund. Well, you're talking about a timeout that is productive and reflective. Yes. And I think a lot of people who are avoiders um, will think a timeout is for me to go do something else. Yes. And that's not what we're talking about. You could go take a walk around the block, but you spend the walk in nature resetting that energy and thinking, okay, what information do I need when I do get on the phone? Yes. Asking yourself good questions. Yes. And then when I sat down and asked myself good questions, for example, maybe I'm looking for that refund or they're not paying me and I have to chase them and I have anxiety trying to get through something like that, then I would sit down and say to Gert, okay, you have anxiety. I don't. You don't want to make the phone call. I do. Because the adult in me wants to take good care of me. And that, you know, $800 or or whatever it is, um, is going to pay some good bills for me, is going to help me sleep at night knowing I've got those bills off my plate. Um, I can call, I might get a healthy person or an, a person with no skill for the confrontation, but I'm going to be who I want to be. I assume that when I'm making a phone call like that, that I'm I'm talking to a child. Oh. I assume that the person on the other end does not have the skill set that I have. That's right. To be calm, to be unrushed to slow things down and ask questions and to say, I'm sorry, I don't understand. Can you, can you repeat that? Can you explain that to me in a different way? Yeah. I think if we can have the mindset of if I'm talking to a kid and I want to educate them mm-hmm. or I also want to be educated because we can learn from children too, then we can slow that conversation down by not being afraid of what's on the other end or who. Yes. I, I love your example to make the assumption that they don't have the skill set. So I, I researched and found that skill set. Mm-hmm. And as I found it and went, oh, this is interesting. Here, here are some great things. You can offer the information, ask the person what they need, move through a process with that. Then I found I was way calmer even if they were the ones that were flustered. Mm-hmm. So that's another step here to take time to research and develop your emotional intelligence, to create more questions, to gather information, factual, to monitor my own feelings during the phone call. So I would notice, oh, they might be telling me lies and all of a sudden I become aware that they're doing that in the phone call. Then I might be able to say, okay, we're going to take a break and I'll call back tomorrow. So instead of just thinking that because I'm making a phone call and I need my refund, I need it now. Mm-hmm. I gave myself the luxury of saying, it might not go that way today. Yeah, so, I'm going to call back and ask for someone different tomorrow. Yes. So then it was like, oh, okay, that's a good process. So then I could say when that person wasn't, we weren't getting anywhere, may I speak to a manager? May I have a supervisor? Um, or I'm going to call back another day. 
and I'll ask for a different person to help me with this case. Mm -hmm. And what? What do you mean? I can help you. And I'd say, no, um, I'm going to call back. No, no, stay on the line with me. And I would just say, no, thank you. Mm -hmm. And make sure that I remained in control and just didn't let them dictate the pace or the fact that because I made a phone call, they had to finish this. Mm -hmm. No, they don't. So as I learned those things in life, and I'm using calling a company like that because it's such a good example that I was able to sit back and say, no, I don't have to get upset about any of it. I don't have to become an avoider. I don't have to become mean and angry. I can stay in the energy I choose. I can stay calm and problem solve, and it can get done in a timely fashion. Mm-hmm. I think too, like th- what you just said about I can call back and ask for someone else to help me. Like just because you have a job to do and you're not doing it well, doesn't mean I have to sit here while you suck at it. And that's not just true for calling back a company. That's true when you're sitting in a partnership conversation. You got it. Where their job really is to hear you, to see you, to validate you. And if they're not doing that job well, it doesn't mean you have to see through the conversation. Oh, that's perfect. I, I want people to think about that in terms of that that could even be between siblings. Yeah. That that can be between you and your parent and your parent isn't fulfilling their role. And you get to look at them and go, I'm going to do this another day. Yeah. Or I'm going to, you know what? I just, I just realized I made a huge mistake. My inner child is asking my parent for help. And you shouldn't even have been asked because you're not capable. I will ask a friend who is. I will ask an uncle. I will ask my grandparents, my neighbor. But all of a sudden, when you realize that, and you know that Gert is the one that made the decision, Mm -hmm. then you can come out and as the adult go, oh my God, Gert made this decision. I never should have asked my mother her opinion. Mm -hmm. I shouldn't have asked my dad for money. I should have gone to a bank. Mm -hmm. I should have got a loan. I should have asked a friend or whatever, right? So I see Parker. His head's on my foot, but yeah. my legs are crossed. So it's, yeah. <laughs> that's cute. Um, so this is where we identify what Gerd is doing. And we decide that the adult present in the room, I would say the adult in the room, meaning the, the part of us that can take the emotional intelligence and the maturity to work through something. And then do it in that fashion. And when it becomes out of your control or meanness on the other person's part or frustration or whatever it is, just not getting the answer, just whatever, that instead of your emotions flipping, Mm -hmm. that the adult in the room, Karen, the grown adult, can say, oh, I see Gert made a wrong decision here. I've got this. Yeah, and I think too, just to throw in like, you can do all of these things well and not get the answer that you want or the result that you want. And that doesn't mean that you just get to practice what we've talked about, about leaving or I'll try again another day. You still need to check in with Gert at that point to go, okay, what they've said to me is reasonable. Mm-hmm. What, they've, what they've offered me is reasonable. And no, it isn't what I came here for or what I want to hear, but I can't go into another tantrum. Yeah. And sometimes I have to say to Gert, we got this. I can figure something else out. Yeah. I can handle the rejection. I can handle, say I have a crush on somebody and the person says no. 
as an adult, I can handle that. Mm-hmm. Gert might ha- want to have a meltdown. My inner three-year-old might say, ah, they don't love me. They don't love me. I've, nobody's going to like me. No one's going to think I'm cute. No one's going to whatever. Mm-hmm. And I say cute because that would be the three-year-old, mm-hmm. not the adult woman who's not relying on cute. Mm-hmm. That should hit some people differently. Oh, yes, I know. <laughs> What's next on your list? Totally. I think the one thing that I, that I want to add in this process as the adult that she does for Gert is identify the truth. Mm-hmm. And, and we have in the examples here, but the truth is perhaps mom, mom has her own agenda. Um, mom doesn't see me as an adult, and I can understand why. Gert reacts to everything instead of the adult in me. Whatever the truth is, it's important to find the truth in those statements. I shouldn't have asked her to begin with, or I can't count on my sibling. They're not adult enough to have had this conversation, or I need to recognize that my sibling is, has their inner Gert that always responds to my inner Gert. So when we see each other, it's like two three-year-olds going at each other instead of two adults. And, and I certainly have seen that in, in terms of client stories when we have um, somebody who's lost their parent and all the siblings are fighting and the, the, all the girts are showing up. Mm-hmm. I want my money. I want my, I want, property. I want, I want this yeah. property. I want, the, and, and, and the three-year-old stands up and has the tantrum of, I want these things, but I don't want to empty mom's house and have to clean it. I just want my share. Mm-hmm. That's that's Gert. And I, I mean, I think if, if anybody's or all the people that are still hanging in and listening to this podcast are going, oh, Jesus, what great examples. <laughs> because we can easily think of those people that bring out their inner three-year-olds when people die. Mm-hmm. And we see, we see that in times of crisis. We see that in times of stress, how our child is present instead of the adult. And that's it. That's, there were, I, I think that kind of unpacked a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I do want to add to people sure. today, especially men who are listening, first of all, who are trying to figure out their version of GERT. Mm. Um, and I'm not making this a gender issue. I, I just mean so that you can pick a name that you identify with. Yeah. Um, I always tell people in coaching, and I know you've said this to to clients as well, when you choose to name your ego, do not choose a name of someone that you hate in real life or have ill feelings towards. Oh, yeah. There should be no personal Mm -hmm. reaction or response to the name that you choose because Gert's never going away. Gert is a part of you. And the point is not to hate her, abuse her, like you said, punish her. The point is to actually have a good relationship with her where you can think of your own three-year-old and go, honey, that's not appropriate. Let's learn something better instead of chastising them. Yeah. So if you are brainstorming your own name today, um, that is, that is, I don't want to say the challenge, but that is the, um, the method I would, I would choose to go about. Mm -hmm. I think that's great advice, Kelly, because as you said, or as I tried to say at the beginning, 
Uh-huh. You finally got it, eh? He farted under the table. <laughs> it's brutal. <laughs> God. That at the beginning of this, I picked Gert because I thought it, it was like a crusty name. So I could say, Gert, that's enough. And I was, I, at first, when I was trying to recognize her, she made me angry that she was in my life ruining it. Mm-hmm. I was angry with her for behaving that way. It ruined things. I had to clean up messes because of her. Mm-hmm. But then as time went on, and as I developed more and more tools, it was like, Gert, hun, I got this. Mm-hmm. I learned to care for her. I learned that she just didn't have the tools yet. Mm-hmm. And that once we got the tools, I can take care of us. Yeah. I, like I would even, because I, well, I, probably because of the synesthesia, like I would lean towards picking probably a much softer name Mm -hmm. because if you are going to actually challenge yourself to use the name as you're addressing her instead of just the inner dialogue, then perhaps the saying of the name, if it has some kind of nice cadence to it, Mm -hmm. um, reminds you to slow down. Mm -hmm. So if you do tend towards more soft vowels, right? Like it could be a good exercise just in like an energetic exchange. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'm saying at the beginning I picked Gerd. Oh, I know. And now I might pick Gertie or I might make it something that to me is. Well, that's very light and childlike. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and it's, it's like, I want to take care of her. Mm. I I want her to feel safe, Mm. but I have to know the right decisions, the right conversations and the right behaviors and actions in order for us to be safe. And now it's an us, it's a team, as opposed to Gert. Mm-hmm. She did this to me. Now yeah. we're a team. Cool. Yeah. So I wanted to share that as one of the tools. And normally this would be something like on um, Sips of Sanity podcast. Actually, I think very early on we did a show called My Ego Abbey. Oh. So okay. no recollection how much overlap there will be. Me but, neither. Uh, if you need more on the ego, go check that one okay. out. Okay. So I, I wanted to do this so that people could have it for free on coffee with the Sarlos and share it. Nice. Yeah, because the Sips of Sanity, you only get one out of the five for free. Mm-hmm. I hope people can listen to this as we're going through COVID days and, and work on themselves. Mm-hmm. And, and learn to be kinder than, to themselves. It's very hard to learn to be kind to other people when we're not even kind to our own self. Mm-hmm. And I also think, too, that if you're not kind to yourself, that that is going to mean that it's more likely that you will tolerate other people hurting you because you're already hurting yourself. And that your kindness extended to others is actually quite insincere. Right. Yes, so let's become more sincere. Good. Yeah. Okay. If you have questions or comments about today's show, you can email us at info at No matter where you're joining us from, thank you for being here. If you have the time, we do welcome and encourage you to like, share, comment, review, uh, write a testimonial, whatever works for you. That very much helps us spread the word um, about our two shows. So thank you in advance for that. Uh, also, we hope that you have an excellent weekend. Take care. Mm-hmm.